again and good morning. I'm heading to work. My morning commute, my morning podcast. <laughs> um, so let's see, what have I been thinking about since yesterday as far as my future missionary is concerned? I came home from work yesterday. So last Sunday, let me go back. Last Sunday, we met with our bishop after church to kind of put a plan into place um, for things for him to be working on as he's preparing for his mission. Because like I said, he's not uh, not planning on submitting his paperwork for a year. So next summer, he'll be 19 and a half at that point, which I'm kind of glad to be honest that he's waiting a little bit longer. Um, nothing to do with my mommy anxiety and having him home longer, but I don't know. I think 18's pretty young. The age used to be 19, and a few years ago they changed it to 18 for the boys and 19 for the girls. Um, so basically, like right out of high school. I don't think that there is any reason maturity-wise that they can't serve at 18. I think if they're mature enough at the age of 18 to decide that they want to serve a two-year mission, that they're probably mature enough to go and do the day-to-day things that need to be done. But it is a pretty stringent um, schedule. Uh, As I said on my last podcast, I am on a group uh, for missionary moms and just a lot of the things that they post how, I mean, their schedule is so intense, like from 6 a.m. in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night, they're pretty much on the go, working, doing, Um, there's not a lot of time for just quiet time to to have to themselves. They're pretty much always with their companion. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just, just, there's so many pros and there's so many cons at the same time. But then I think, you know, missionaries have been going out for literally hundreds of years. And they've been doing it and getting it done and coming home fine not everybody. I mean, a lot of them do come home early. They're not able to really do it. Some for physical reasons, others for just mental reasons, you know, um, which I can understand. It would be hard, really hard. And nowadays it seems like, oh my gosh, with this millennial generation, it kind of kills me. So I'm very like, you know what? Kids are kids. We are the same children that we were. Our kids are the same kids as we were when we were teenagers. You know what I mean? We're, we're people. We're the same as we were. Times have changed. Things have changed. But ultimately, why is it that, you know, a missionary that served a mission 2010 years ago was able to do it without being catered to but nowadays because of this millennial generation they have to like change all these rules and cater to these kids because they just can't handle it but it seems like they can't handle 
a lot anymore, (laughs) you know? I just like seeing things about employers having to change to cater to the millennial generation to make the work more appealing to them. I mean, when did that happen? Like, this is the job. Do the job or go find another job. I just, I don't get this whole catering to the millennial generation thing. Because by catering to them, we're making them what they are. And I guess they are what they are because as parents, we've catered to them all of their lives and created this beast, you know? Um, I can see that totally in my older son, who's 22. Not, I I won't say a sense of entitlement, because I don't feel like he feels like he's entitled to anything, but he definitely lacks motivation and drive. Um, You know, my my 18-year-old actually has a lot more discipline, Um, You know, when it came to school, his grades were so much better. I never had to tell him to do his work. He just automatically did it. He keeps his room clean. Um, He's just very responsible and very dependable. Whereas my 22-year-old is just complete opposite, which is crazy to me. I mean, they were raised the same exact way, but yet they're two completely different kids. So anyway, going back to missionary stuff, I sit here and say how, you know, we shouldn't cater to these kids. You know, they're, they're crybabies, <laughs> basically. And, you know, we've made them that way and we're catering to them and just encouraging that kind of behavior. It's like the, the toddler that throws a temper tantrum in the grocery store. You either, you know, tough it out and they deal with it and learn that they can't throw a temper tantrum and get their way. Or you give them the candy bar every time they throw the temper tantrum and they learn, I can throw a temper tantrum and I'll get what I want. So with that being said, on the flip side, it's like maybe some of the missionary requirements are a little too tough. You know, I mean, the value of quiet personal time is a good thing. Everybody's different. Like, everybody's different. Some people need things that other people don't need, you know? And to just across the board be like, okay, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Some kids may be okay with that, whereas others may not be able to deal with that. So a lot of kids are coming home from their mission early because they can't deal with it. Deal with it. A lot of kids are manifesting physical illnesses from the stress that they're, you know, having on their mission and they're coming home. And the thing is that's so sad about it is I feel like a lot of these kids are thought are taught, not taught, but they're like they have this thing in their brain like don't go home early from your mission, that's a disgrace. Like if you can't serve your two-year mission and you go home early outside of a legitimate physical injury or illness, that's disgraceful. You will be embarrassing your parents, you will be embarrassing yourself and You know, I just think that's wrong. So I worry about that, like with my son, 
you know, like right now he may be looking at it as in, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go serve my two year mission. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be so great. And you know, it probably will be about 50% of the time. And then the other 50% of the time, it's going to be hard, really hard. And there's going to be days he wants to come home. And it's like, you know, and I'm not saying cater to them. Oh, you've decided today that you want to go home. Let's book your flight. We'll have you home by tomorrow. You know, I think that you have to, you do have to like give them time and talk to them, talk them through it and give them time to evaluate and see, you know, is this really what you want to do? You can't be impulsive, I guess, and just send them all home. But you know, are there cases where there are kids that really should be sent home and they're not because the mission president is like, no, you're not going home. You know, they're just feeling pressured not to go home and all that sort of thing. I don't know. Uh, Sometimes I think, you know, it's a great thing to be on this Facebook group. And then sometimes I read things that are like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't think about that. And, you know, and it's kind of sad and depressing and it makes me worry all the more. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, ultimately, him serving a mission isn't going to kill him. And he can come home if, if he really, really needs to. Um... But, you know, with that being said, like I said, last Sunday we met with our bishop to discuss a plan. You know, initially my son, his plan was to submit his paperwork next summer. Um, And even our bishop was like, oh, I would really encourage you to, you know, be out on your mission within the next six months. I was like, you know, I didn't say anything, but in my head I was like... No, <laughs> I mean, I get the whole, the longer you wait, the more likely you are to change your mind. I understand that. And that makes total complete sense to me. But I also think that, you know, he has a plan. And if Heavenly Father is determined that he is supposed to serve a mission, then he's going to serve a mission. And, you know, a few years ago, it wasn't until they were 19 that they left to serve on their mission. So what's, you know, I just don't understand the urgency. They can serve a mission up until they're like, I don't know, I think 24, 25 years old. I mean, so technically he could leave at 22 and still serve a two-year mission. Nobody's going to tell him he can't. You know, if he's 22 and he wants to serve, people are going to be like, oh, awesome. I'm so glad you finally decided to go and he's going to go. So why not, you know, what's the urgency to push him out the door at 18 as opposed to 19 when, you know, five years ago, the age was 19 anyway. So anyway, I am very fine with him going at 19. Like I said, you know, we um, have not planned for this. This has not been on um, our family's radar until about, I don't know, a month ago. So financially, um, you know, like I said before, my husband's not a member. 
and he is not going to pay $500 a month for our son to go serve a mission, um, especially when that's not something that we have financially been preparing for, you know, for the past 13 years that we've been members. And that's okay. I can totally understand that. You know, thankfully, our, like I said, our ward, the church will pay for kids to serve. They don't want them to have any reason um, to not be able to if they want to, and you don't have to pay that back. So the monthly cost of him going is not so much um, a concern, but there are other expenses that are involved And although my husband, I'm sure, will help because he's very supportive, um, it's still going to cost, you know, a pretty penny. I mean, we have to get him his own phone. It has to be an Android phone, so it can't even be his iPhone. So we have to get him a new phone. Um, I think we have to get him, like, his own, like, tablet to use um, while he's out on his mission. He's going to need suits and clothes um, things like that, you know, like kind of like one of those messenger bags. I don't know. I call it a messenger bag, you know, where he can carry his scriptures and his tablet and his phone and all that sort of thing in. So there are some costs that are going to be incurred, um, for us personally, which is no big deal. I mean, my husband makes a good income. I work part-time and my check is basically my, check to do whatever I want with. None of my um, pay goes to pay like household bills or anything like that. I do have a few of my own personal um, bills that I have that I pay for. Um, But, you know, I mean, as it is, even before he decided to go, I save $100 a month for each of my boys anyway, and I just put it aside. So I already have some money saved. I just feel like if I have a good $1,600 or so put aside um, for for buying those things that he's going to need to, um, you know, start his mission, I'll feel comfortable with that. Um, And then there's like the airfare, depending, like a lot of times parents will just see their missionary off at the airport. Um, their local airport, and then the missionary flies to the MTC, the Missionary Training Center, wherever, you know, they're to report to. Um, But then sometimes people actually take their um, missionary to the Missionary Training Center and drop them off and say their goodbyes right there. I haven't decided yet um, how, what I want to do there. The MTC drop-off is... (laughs) kind of, kind of quick because basically like you're, you know, you're given, you park in this numbered space and then there's a, somebody who comes and meets you and they help you get your luggage and, you know, they pick up your missionary and then they kind of escort them in. So they kind of have somebody from the very moment they get there to lead them through the whole process. So I just don't know how like personal that can be to say your goodbyes. But then again, like how personal is the airport <laughs> either, you know, Orlando International is not exactly, you know, the most uh, warm and fuzzy, you know, place to say goodbyes. But 
I guess these are all just details. These are all the things that are just kind of like going through my head and I think about and like, what about this? And what about this? And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And I know it all works itself out. And, you know, most of the time, you know, missionary moms and dads are like, oh, it's an awesome experience. And my kid is just doing great and loving their mission and they're just so happy and positive and cheerful about the whole experience and I'm sure that that is the case a lot of the time but I don't think it's the reality all of the time you know so I don't know kids have to struggle and I don't know if like parents are just embarrassed to say their kids are struggling or or what but Anyway, I don't know. This is just me rambling, which is the whole point of my podcast and my blog. Anyway, just kind of for me to ramble and get it all out of my brain into some form of order. Um, yeah, so anyway, when we talked to the bishop last Sunday about forming a plan, like I said, he had mentioned about... Um, preferably submitting his paperwork in six months. And although you submit your paperwork, like just because you submit your paperwork doesn't mean you're going to be going out immediately. You can submit your paperwork and say, but I don't want to leave until August of 2020. So technically he could still go out in a year, but just submit his paperwork in six months. So I'm not sure how that how that's all going to work, but we'll see. And one of the other things that, you know, my bishop had talked to my son about was like, you know, not being idle during this time, which is good to really, you know, read his scriptures and prepare spiritually and do a lot of reading, um, of course, and um, to get a job. I mean, he is going to be starting school, so that's you know, definitely something, but he's taking online classes. So, you know, the time requirement for his school isn't even going to be that great. I don't think, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm sure college is so much different from high school. He might have a lot more work to do, but you know, like at least in high school, he had seven classes a day, five days a week. And then for college, he has four classes and they're only two days a week. So it seems like it's a lot less school than he had in high school. Um, I don't know if that'll be easier. Maybe the work is harder. I don't know. We shall see. But <coughs> he did go yesterday to the movie theater up in town and got an application. So that's good. He's being proactive in looking for a job. He really wants to he really wants to do something that he can do outside. Um, like at the zoo or, um, there's a place by us called wild Florida, which is a really, really cool. They do airboat rides and they have like native Florida animals and it's kind of like an animal adventure park. It's really neat. And then there's also a place called forever Florida, but, Apparently, Wild Florida is not hiring for any positions that he could do. So nothing, you know, they're just not 
um, any um, availability for him right now. So I think he's kind of like falling back on the movie theater. Um, I can't really see him like working as a server in a restaurant or at a grocery store or something like that. I mean, ultimately, you take a job where you take a job wherever you can get a job. But it's not like he needs a job to like feed his family. You know what I mean? So I think he can be a little bit more selective and kind of find what he really enjoys doing. So hopefully he'll just stick with it. Um, so yeah, I guess hopefully he'll be able to get a job soon and start working now that his little girlfriend is gone and, um, school's going to be starting back up in about a month for all of his friends. So yeah, he's going to have to uh, fill his time wisely and school and a job and preparing are good. Um, we haven't really talked about anything else. I mean, I don't know that there's really anything. I don't know. Like, is there anything more for us to talk about? I mean, it's kind of like, I feel kind of like I want to be hands off during this process because I want him to want it enough that he is proactive in his preparation to go. I feel like, you know, I'm kind of in the background, saving the money, you know, working on the little details that he doesn't need to be concerned with, but he needs to do his part. And I don't know if I should like push him to be doing his part or just let him do his part. Like just take my hands off the wheel and just let him do it all on his own. But then I wonder too, like if I don't you know, check in and see how things are going. Is he going to just not be doing anything? And then if he's not doing anything, am I supposed to be encouraging him to do more? (laughs) Or does that mean that he just truly doesn't really want to go? I don't know. So many questions, so many thoughts. It's crazy. (sighs) I'm rambling. I know. Um... Sorry, I, you know, but like I said, this is ultimately just kind of like a journaling process for me. This weekend, today is Thursday, and this weekend, my mother is 90 and she has, I don't know, they say she has Alzheimer's. I don't really think it's Alzheimer's. I think it's more like dementia. And I think like one of her doctors has said that as well. Because with Alzheimer's, she would be like progressively getting worse but she's not necessarily progressively getting worse. I mean, she does have a lot of advanced dementia symptoms, but hey, she's 90. (laughs) So anyway, my older sister is her primary caregiver. My mom lives with her and there are four of us sisters, but one of my sisters lives in Virginia. So she obviously can't participate in the caregiving. So between me and my other sister, we do... Um, like I have every third weekend I go and take care of my mom. So my sister, who's her primary caregiver can, um, have a weekend free. And then, you know, my other sister has her one weekend. So, so my sister has two weekends a month free and my other sister also goes there a lot during the week 
to help. So, you know, Terry can go out and do things if she needs to. But that's the thing. It's like she doesn't go any, like she doesn't, like she doesn't, she doesn't go do anything. She complains that she never has any time to, to herself or to do anything. But then when we're there doing our weekends, she doesn't go anywhere or do anything, which I kind of wish she would. Cause it's like, you know, if I'm going to be here taking care of mom, you know, you don't need to be here. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. So this weekend is my weekend. I will go Friday after work. Um, I'll get there about three. I get off work at noon, but I don't go straight from work. I kind of, you know, do some things, get some things done. And then I get there about three and then I leave there about three on Sunday. She lives about an hour and a half from me. So on Sunday, I won't get home until about five or so. And then Sunday morning, my husband is leaving for California for like five days for work. So tomorrow at work, because my husband and I work together, tomorrow at work will be the last I will see him for like a week. Um, maybe a day short of a week, but... Anyway, um, that's about it, I guess, for today. Uh, I don't know if I will be able to do a podcast for this weekend, just because, you know, taking care of my mom and stuff. I mean, she is bedridden, so her care is has drastically decreased as far as having to lift her, to go to the potty, because she has a catheter now, so we don't have to do the potty thing, unless she has to go number two, um, TMI, sorry, um, and she's pretty much bedridden, because she can't sit up on her own, um, she has to be, she has to be supported, so she has a hospital bed, and, you know, she can sit up and, um, in the hospital bed and stuff, but she can't even sit in her wheelchair anymore because she'll flop forward, you know? Um, so physical, the physical demands of caring for her have drastically decreased. Um, but you know, you just kind of got to be there in case she needs anything and to feed her and to talk to her and to keep her company and that sort of thing. She sleeps a lot, a lot. So it's kind of boring to be honest. Um, but you know, you do what you got to do. So anyway, all right, guys, I am going to say goodbye. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. If I don't talk to you again, and if I don't talk to you again, I will probably definitely talk to you again on Monday. Bye guys. Have a good one.